your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Rangers fans, Penguins fans. We got a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Hunter Hodes of Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins. Hunter, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Uh, hanging in there, but, uh, you know, I do have some concerns over the Rangers' supposed prize free agent signing from this offseason, and you know him quite well. That's Jack Johnson. Uh, a lot of Ranger fans not too happy about this signing, or at the very least, they're kind of underwhelmed about it. Um, you've watched Johnson over the last two years. So, I mean, just tell me what kind of player are we getting here? Is there any hope for uh, Jack Johnson kind of regaining form with the Rangers this season? Hope. You're, you're basing this on hope. Uh, there's probably <laughs> no hope. But, um, yeah, watching him for the last two seasons was just a chore. I mean, I would rather just watch paint dry than watch Jack Johnson play on this hockey team. Um, probably one of the greatest the – the, the tweet that came out saying he was being bought out, that's probably the – one of the biggest moments that Penguins Twitter came together since they won the cup in 2017. Everyone was <laughs> done with him at this point. But I mean, even if you don't look at, you know, the advanced stats and the analytics that are surrounding Johnson's game, which are utterly terrible, you could just watch him on the ice and like I said, not even look at him and just see how bad he is. I mean, he's bad in the defensive zone. He's an offensive black hole. I mean, every player that he plays with, he just drags them down with him. I mean, 46% possession like this past season you know, even playing with Chris Letang, and Chris Letang, like, his numbers go up with almost anyone he plays with. His numbers go down because of the Jack Johnson effect. And it was just wow. game after game after game. I mean, I think he when Sidney Crosby was on, on honestly on the ice with him, his numbers went down. And Sid drives possession like no other in this league. So it was just – it was a long time coming. I don't know why the Penguins decided to sign him in the first place. But, you know, he's off the team now. And it looks like Jacques Martin was deciding to be like a secret agent there for the Rangers by basically saying he recommended the Rangers to sign um, Jack Johnson because of his PK ability. But I mean, he really doesn't have any PK ability, but I mean, this is the big thing from that playoff series. He was on the ice for five um, goals against one goal for five V five. And it wasn't just that he was on the ice for those goals. He was actively causing them to happen. Right. I do remember that. I watched a good amount of that series. Yeah. Now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It um, was just, he was just out of position everywhere. He's just getting roasted like no other. It was really bad to watch. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Jacques Martin. Obviously, he's the new Ranger coach. He comes over from Pittsburgh. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I try to be positive on, on the show overall and I try to see the good in everything that the Rangers do. Uh, this one has made it difficult to do that. But, you know, you hear about like, oh, well, you know, he's familiar with Jacques Martin. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's not really good familiarity. Like, it's not like Jacques Martin coached this guy to, to being, you know, even an average defenseman. It was it was not good for the time that they spent together in Pittsburgh. So that kind of just made me scratch my head as well there. Yeah, exactly. And he was in charge of the defense here in Pittsburgh. That was his duty with the penalty killing. So I guess he liked what he saw from Johnson. I, he didn't really push Sullivan and take him out of the lineup. And that's, I guess that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm glad that Martin and Recky are both um, out of this team. Now I wasn't, you know, big on both of them going, but now that I've seen this, you know, I think Sullivan needed to surround himself with assistant coaches who actually push him with lineup decisions, because I don't think 
Martin especially did that with Johnson and Schultz just because of how bad they were in the series. But I mean, you know, I think that was the biggest thing that's come out of the Penguins offseason is that Jack Johnson is going to a division rival and they'll be playing him uh, four to five times next season if it's a full 82 game season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. And, you know, the one thing it's kind of sad that this is the most positive aspect of this move for the Rangers. But the one thing that I keep reminding fans, because, you know, you go on Twitter, we all tend to overreact. You know, we're all sports fans. We're all mm-hmm. very passionate. But, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, we signed Jack Johnson. This offseason's a disaster. And, okay, yes, it has been a little bit of an underwhelming offseason for the Rangers. But the one thing that I think is important to keep in perspective here, if you're a Ranger fan, is that, you know, this is just a one-year deal. It's barely a million dollars. And they did have a need to kind of bring in a veteran defenseman to replace Mark Stahl and kind of hopefully hold down the fort until some of their prospects are ready, guys like Keandre Miller. And so, you know, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Even if this is a complete disaster, there's no way he's going to be on this team for more than a year, I think. But it's kind of sad that that's almost the most positive aspect of this is, okay, well, he came cheap and he won't be here for very long. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly a chance that he could be in the press box throughout the season. If that's entirely with, possible, yes. With yes. The Penguins. I mean, I was reading The Athletic. I think Craig Custance, like interviewed like executives um, on his piece for The Athletic. And I think they talked about the Jack Johnson signing. He talked to an executive. He said – he takes a beating. Is he a perfect player? Absolutely not. I'm like, wow, I wonder which executive said this. And it sounds like it was probably Jim Rutherford that was defending him. But And they basically said, you know, you take this kind of deal all day long. And it's like, not really sure I would under no circumstances take that all yeah. day long. I mean, like you said, though, it's a one-year deal. He makes over a million. It, it's not the end of the world. But, I mean, if you would have had um, – told me that Jack Johnson was going to be a day one free agency signing, I will have told you there's no damn way. So that that was, I think, the biggest surprise. Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because, you know, I again, I, I did I did think that the Rangers should look at bringing in, you know, a one-year stopgap defense and, like, a veteran defense. Mm. But a couple, a couple names that I threw out there who actually signed for less money, and these guys are not perennial all-stars or anything like that, but you got guys like Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Luke Shen. Uh, both of those guys signed for just six figures, and I think probably either of them probably would have been a better signing than Jack Johnson. And then if you're the Rangers and you do that, maybe that paves the way to re-signing Jesper Foss, who they just let get away for only $2 million annually for the Canes. So I don't know. The whole thing is is kind of underwhelming, but I guess at this point you just cross your fingers and you hope for, you know, an improbable uh, reclamation season here for Jack Johnson if you're the Rangers. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hope for something. You know, as I said, <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest thing you can do is just somehow hope, you know, hope he doesn't vomit all over himself in the defensive zone, to be honest. That would be a positive. Absolutely. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com.
just uh, just changing gears a little bit here. I figure we could talk about free agency as a whole. You know, we talked about Johnson, obviously. Uh, the Penguins, you know, they've been a little bit quiet in free agency. Uh, Justin Schultz leaves the team. He signs a two-year, $8 million contract with the Capitals. Uh, is that a big loss for you guys, losing Justin Schultz in free agency, or do you think he was expendable? Not at all. He was. I think he was expendable. His, his level had dipped a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, these last couple of years. He really wasn't the same after that uh, fractured ankle injury during the 2017-18 season. He had to miss most of it. In the playoffs, he looked semi-okay, but then after that, battled some injuries. But then when he was healthy for a lot of those last two seasons, just wasn't himself. I mean, it, the Penguins, the organization, they were kind of bad-mouthing him on his way out. Um, they were seemed like they were not happy with his play in the bubble, not happy with his play during this past season. I mean, Jim Rutherford even said in his end of the media conference, you know, we thought on that pairing with Jack Johnson, because of course he had to defend Jack Johnson uh, to above all costs. He said, we thought Schultz had more to give. So they were just bad mouthing him out. There was no way he was going to come back. Right. I saw the Capitals $4 million per for him. I think that's a little ridiculous. He's not a $4 million per player um, anymore in this league. And they, they may stick him on the top four. That's just not going to happen. I mean, I've seen – some Capitals fans try to defend that signing, say, you know, you could change the scenery and play with Dmitry Orlov. Guys, this, this ain't the 2015, 16, 2016, 17 Justin Schultz anymore. This gotcha. is just, yeah. it's not who he is. And you, you need him in a very selective role, bottom pairing, gets maybe 10, 12 minutes a night with a good um, shutdown defender next to him. But I just don't know if the Capitals will have that. So I don't really care that they lost Schultz. I got you. Uh, now, is there anyone that is still out there for the Penguins, either a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, who you would really like to see them bring back uh, for this upcoming season? Because I'm looking at the list right now, and you know, between obviously the NHL roster and the minor league roster, there's a lot of players here. But anybody that, that you really want to see the Penguins uh, bring back for, for next season, perhaps beyond? Yeah, from their uh, UFAs, no one really. I mean, I know Connor Sherry is out there, but he's not coming back. I mean, they just signed two free agent forwards. I would have preferred they'd given that extra 600 k to Jesper Foss. I mean, he got three years, $2 million per. That was one of my big targets that I really wanted just because, you know, you, I mean, you saw him play, obviously, because he was with the Rangers for so many years. Oh, yeah. Good PKer, good depth player, can play on the third line, fourth line. I would, it would, it, it feels, it would have filled a need for the Penguins. And it would, yeah, he, I think he's better than Jankowski and Rodriguez. But I mean, the two signings that they had, they're both low risk, 700 k it's not going to really bother me, but I mean, I really would have wished that. And then another one was Craig Smith, but 3.1 million per to Boston. I don't think the Penguins are going to do that, but looking at the free agents right now, there's not too many that I really want. I mean, they could use a right shot defenseman to play next to Mike Matheson, who they just acquired. Are you going to go get Travis Hamannick? I mean, he's getting older. There's a couple other options out there. Please know Cody CC. That's a hard pass for me. Um, he's just not a good player. And the, like he just he just gets caved in his own zone almost every shift. So I mean, they're probably gonna roll with Chad Ruido there unless they want to go out and make a trade for a right shot D, or if they want to sign someone like Hammondegg or something like that. But there's not a lot of options right now for that. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned Jesper Foss there. Let me tell you, it absolutely killed me to lose him in free agency to the Hurricanes this past season. And uh, it's interesting to know that you know even a Penguins fan who's watched this guy play from the other side for a couple of years, or actually more than a couple at this point, but somebody who's watched Jesper Foss play, you know, you were interested in him as well. And you know, I don't, I don't know if I would say he's necessarily the steal of the free agency season here, but he's one of the steals because 
you know, only two million a year for three years for Jesper Foss. I thought he'd get more than that. I thought he'd be up toward, you know, at least two and a half million, maybe three million. I don't know if the flat cap has something to do with that, but you know, it doesn't always show up in goals and assists with Jesper Foss. I mean, he can chip in a little bit there, but his thing, he's a great defensive forward. He's a great penalty killer. He'll throw himself in the way of a slap shot. He'll do whatever it takes to win the game. He'll go to the dirty parts of the rink, all that good stuff. And I think you do need uh, players like that if you're going to be successful in this league. And one other thing that I'll mention about Foss is, you know, obviously the Rangers had the qualifying series against the Hurricanes, the best of five. And Foss gets injured uh, about a minute into the game and he doesn't come back for the rest of the series. And I think that really, really hurt the Rangers. It just felt like their their heart and soul had been ripped out when Jesper Foss wasn't out there. So, you know, again, I, I'm not going to make him sound like a perennial all-star, an MVP candidate or anything like that. But Jesper Foss, man, he is he is a great complimentary player for a, a team looking to, you know, go on a championship run. Yeah, he would have been – he was one of my first targets that I wanted. He would have been probably played next to Jared McCann. That would be probably one of McCann's best line mates that he's played with, especially because the Penguins want to roll with him as the third line center going into the next season, or so I hope at least. I don't really want them to keep moving him around. But, I mean, yeah, he's been a thir- almost a 15-goal scorer twice in his career, a 30-point player. I mean, that's good bottom six production. And like you said, with his penalty-killing ability, good shot suppression numbers – I mean, that's a that's a slam dunk there for the Penguins. I wish they would have done that, like I said, instead of just giving out two depth contracts to Jankowski and Rodriguez. Yeah, and as a Ranger fan, I just one more thing on Foss here. You know, it was great to see him kind of develop into becoming a top six forward this past year. Now, I don't think that's a prototypical role for him going forward, but, you know, the Rangers just kind of had a need. They felt, I think, that they put a little too much on Capo Caco's play early in the season, and they kind of flip-flopped the two of them. And Jesper Foss was on a line with Artemi Panarin all season, And look, we can debate, you know, Artemi Panarin can do this with just about anybody on his line. He can put up fantastic numbers with just about anybody. But bottom line, Artemi Panarin just had a season where he was a finalist for the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay. And Mm -hmm. Jesper Foss was his line piece. So that's that was just really cool to see. And again, we could debate how much Foss had to do with that. But bottom line, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin has this MVP caliber season. He does it with Jesper Foss. That, That was really a cool thing to see this season as a Ranger fan. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I would have voted for Panarin if I had a Hart Trophy vote. I think he deserved the heart over the other two. But, I mean, he's, he's going to be awesome for however many years he's going to be there. I, guess, I think it's like seven more years that he signed for. So, um, yeah, still, like you said, the fact that he did that with Faust, I mean, that's nothing short of amazing. Faust had a good season. I was looking at his hockey reference page and just his underlying numbers, almost 30 points, good possession. Like I said, elite Sasha Preston numbers, that's like – that's a slam dunk for the Penguins, and I'm still a little salty that they didn't want to pay an extra 600K for it. I figure uh, we could talk about the draft a little bit, too. And, you know, I was looking at what the Penguins did, and, you know, obviously they don't have a first-rounder this year, and they don't end up picking until number 52 overall. But both of their first two picks in the second and third round, respectively, were goalies, uh, Joel Blomquist and Callie Klang. Uh, does that seem a little strange to you that they went with two goalies as their first two picks there? A little bit, yeah. I think they're just kind of trying to restock the system a bit. I mean, they okay. traded Philip Hopsiston just a couple seasons ago. Uh, DeSmith is going to be called up to be Jari's backup because, of course, Matt Murray was traded to the Ottawa Senators. Um, Emil Larmy is going to be the backup goal. I mean, the starting goaltender in Wilkes-Barre. They may just sign someone to back him up because DeSmith is going to be called up to the big leagues. Um, so, yeah, they're just restocking the system. I'm not like too jammed about it. I know some people get a little jammed about it, but it's like, guys, this team's going to stink in the next four years, five years, something like that. I mean, I'm honestly at the point where 2026 is just not real at this point. And and, I mean, obviously the Penguins are not going to be that good. I don't think at that point. So, I mean, these guys have such a long 
way to go to be coming up to the NHL. I mean, some people like I'm from Penguins Twitter were like showcasing like like oh like look at the draft picks that the Penguins have made over the last few years and that there's no been no production. It's like you people do realize it takes players a lot longer to get to the NHL than in other sports. You know, like baseball or you know football or football they go right to the roster. I mean, baseball, football, basketball. So I mean, these guys aren't going to be ready for like. Um, like what five six years in cool Crosby Malkin or 39 40 so it, it I, I don't really have too big of an opinion on it they did what they thought was best they restocked the system with goaltenders and you know I was reading Jesse Marshall's piece on the athletic uh yesterday he went into some film and you know they have some good traits that I do like in, in goalies that I watch uh, so it was nice to just see how they play yeah, you know, you make a good point there that, you know, obviously in hockey, as opposed to the other sports, a lot of these guys spend a lot of time in the minors. It takes a while for them to get to the NHL, unless you're one of the first like one or two or three picks. You're going to exactly. probably spend some. Yeah, yeah. You're going to spend some time in the AHL. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, the Rangers, obviously, they take Lafreniere with the first overall pick. That's a no brainer. But then, you know, they also have the number 22 pick in this year's draft. They trade up to go to number 19. And in my head, I'm thinking they're going to take a center because. You take a center, which is kind of where they're a little bit weak anyway, and then you can, in the near future, have this line where you have whichever center they take. He's centering a line with Lafreniere and Capo Caco, and that would just be a ton of fun. So I'm all ready for them to take a center. That's their greatest positional need. And they end up taking a defenseman in Braden Schneider. I think he was a great pick as well. It was kind of disappointing to see them not take a center. But then it's like you think about it. It's like, well, whoever they were taking, they're probably going to spend next season in the minors anyway. By the time he gets up to the Rangers, the whole dynamic of the roster could change a little bit. Maybe there's some other center that they brought in via trade, via free agency, whatever it might be. So I was a little disappointed uh, that they didn't take a center there, but you make a great point that, you know, it does take some time for whoever you take to get up to, to the NHL roster anyway. Yeah. I mean, I wanted the Penguins to go best player available, you know, for both of those picks because they did trade up into the second round to get uh, with the Matt Murray trade, which, you know, some people were, didn't think was going to happen. But, you know, when you have a goal, we need a team like Ottawa, you know, who a team that also needs to get to the cap floor. Um, you got to get one of their picks. I think they wanted 28, but Ottawa was not going to part with that. I would have cried if they would have gotten the 28th pick. But, I mean, going back to my original Miami, I would have preferred best player available, like a center, getting a defenseman or something like that. But, I mean, restocking the system with goalies, eh, it, it's fine. I don't really have a too big of an opinion on it. Yeah, I got you. I mean, all it really takes is just to hit on one of them, and then you're pretty much set then. Exactly, yeah. And knowing Jim Rutherford, one of them will probably be trade bait, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and speaking of goalies, you know, both of us had to say goodbye to a beloved goalie. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist with the Rangers, Matt Murray with the Penguins. Um, you know, Henrik Lundqvist is bought out. He signs with the Capitals. And uh, Matt Murray traded to the Senators for Jonathan Gruden and a second-round pick, and then he signs a four-year extension with the Senators. Uh, was this a case where the Penguins uh, – didn't think they could afford Murray or was this more having confidence in Tristan Jerry or was it a little bit of both in your opinion? Um, it's a little bit of both, but more so the latter, you know, they have confidence okay. in Jerry. Um, they were never going to pay him uh, Matt Murray 6 million per. I mean, I think that's ridiculous to pay most goalies around that kind of money. I always compare it to like a running back in the NFL. You never want to overpay for that position. You can just replace them. You can get average goaltending for, Cheap, you know, two, three million at times. You can get average to a bit above average goaltending, and that's usually all you need, I think, to win a cup unless, you know, your goaltender is just getting you there. Like, of course, Anton Hudobin just did with right. an Alex <laughs> mint against Colorado and Vegas. So at times you have a goalie like that. But, I mean, yeah, like it was just a bit of both. I mean, Murray's play had 
gone down, I think, the last few years. It just wasn't the same as 2017. Um, but, you know, good for Matt that he got that contract. I mean, it's a four-year deal, $6.25 million per. He's set for life with that. I do not expect Ottawa to give him that kind of money. But kudos to him. He got it, and he's going to be making a lot of money for the foreseeable future. And they were able to get a decent enough package back. Some people really didn't think they were going to get a second-round pick back because it was day two of the draft. But they did, and, you know, they're banking on Jari playing at the all-star level that he did um, in the first half of the season where he was just outstanding, and he's only going to make $3.5 million for the two years. It's kind of a coin flip, I think. You know, you got to hope that he gets back to that level, and if not, you know, you're you're out of luck. So, <laughs> um, And it's funny with Lundqvist because, obviously, you know, he was bought out by the Rangers, and – you know, the writing was sort of on the wall throughout this season, especially after the All-Star break, because that's when uh, Igor Shesterkin got the call. I believe he made his debut in early January for the Rangers. And, you know, he had just put up video game-like numbers in the AHL, and he comes up and does a great job with the Rangers as well, basically just stands on his head. It becomes pretty obvious pretty fast that, okay, we're going to move forward with him. And, uh, you know, Alex Georgiev, he's a restricted free agent. We'll see uh, if he ends up being back with the Rangers. But it just started to become pretty obvious that this is the direction that the Rangers were heading, that Henrik Lundqvist was going to be bought out. And it's it's really unfortunate seeing that, you know, as a lifelong Ranger fan, Henrik Lundqvist was drafted by this team 20 years ago. In some ways, I think he deserves a better ending, but that's just kind of the nature of the business, you know, that he was just bought out. And that's just kind of uh, the way his tenure with the Rangers uh, came to its conclusion. But I want to get your opinion on that as well. Um, are you Happy to see Henrik Lundqvist leave the Rangers. That's first of all. I know he's a little bit older now, but still. And then also, uh, do, do you think he's a good fit with the Capitals there? Number one, it's really weird that he went to Washington. It's going to be weird to see him there, I think. Yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. like um, one of our core Penguin players like going to – like because you know, the Rangers and Capitals, they're not like like the, the number one rivals for each other. So it's kind of like you know Crosby and Malkin going to like – Honestly, like New York or something like that, or like Columbus or something. It's just, it, it feels weird. It feels strange. Um, I'm glad that he's off the Rangers, though. I mean, we really haven't played Henry Bunquist in a while. It was mostly just, you know, Georgiev or Ch- Chesterkin. So um, he's definitely going to get playing time in Washington. I think it's a good fit for him because the Capitals have Ilya Samsonov as their goaltender. And it's kind of like a Matt Murray situation there because he's coming into his own a bit. He got some a lot of starts last season when Braden Holpe was struggling. He's going to have probably the same amount, hopefully more this season, but it's going to be like a 1A, 1B thing, I would think, and it's only a one-year deal for Lundqvist. I'm not really sure um, if he's going to go back, or honestly, he could just take it like year by year, like what um, Joe Thornton seems to do, you know, right. just kind of these one-year contracts. I know Zendano Chara does it up Patrick in Boston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he signs these little one-year deals at like league minimum. It's like, okay, if I'm feeling good after this, I'll play again. So I, I could kind of see that happening with the Capitals and Lundqvist. If they don't like win the Cup this season, he could be like, yeah, I'll come back again. Or, or if he wants to retire, retire. But, I mean, it's just definitely going to see – it's just definitely going to feel really weird to see him there. But, you know, the hatred doesn't stop for Penguins fans for him, that's for sure. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, especially now that he's, you know, joined your other big rival in the Washington yeah. Capitals. Um yeah, you know, it, it's going to be weird as a Ranger fan seeing him in a different jersey this upcoming season. But I've said all along on my show that, you know, I'm not going to be selfish to the point where I'm like, no, Henrik Lundqvist cannot play for another team other than the Rangers. Look, he wants to keep playing. The Capitals saw him as a fit. They signed him to a deal that it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a Ranger fan, the biggest thing I want to see with Henrik Lundqvist at this point is I want to see him win the Stanley Cup. And as, as 
positive as I am about this Ranger rebuild, and I, I think they do have things heading in the right direction, do I think the Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup next season? No, I, I think that's ahead of schedule. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the Washington Capitals, now we saw them kind of, uh, you know, not do so hot in the playoffs this year. They they were beaten fairly easily by the New York Islanders, but I still do think they're a good, talented team. And you know what? He's got a shot at it next year. And I would love to see if the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup, I'll be the biggest, uh, you know, bandwagon Capitals fan you've ever seen in the playoffs next year because I want to see Henry Conklis win a Stanley Cup. Oh, man, I could never do that. You, even if, like, uh, <laughs> our core players went somewhere, like, it's like a kind of a division rival, it's just in our division, I just – I, I you know, know what though? I, I don't even know if I would have it in me to root for that team. And maybe maybe just root for the player, but I could not honestly root for the team. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it made it made sense, of course, for that Lundquist had to leave. I mean, you have two young goaltenders there. I mean, one of them is a restricted free agent. You know, there was always talk that Lundquist was going to retire. I mean, it, it, he still has that competitive drive. He wants that cup. I mean, that's the thing that's been alluding to him his entire career. And you know, part of me does want him to win one, but also part of me just not doesn't want him to win one because I don't need to see Ovechkin get a second Stanley Cup. So that's, um, that's my <laughs> thoughts on that there. Yeah, uh, I will give you a, a fun little hypothetical here, though, just to kind of see if I can put you in my shoes a little bit where I'm coming from. So say we're into the future now a couple of years and uh, Sidney Crosby is 39 years old. Say he's never won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins and he goes to a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now think about it. You're going to be rooting pretty hard for Sidney Crosby to win a cup, are you not? Yeah, him for sure. Yeah, just yeah. Ugh, rooting for that team would just... No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the other thing, you know, I, I forgot to mention this last time. We didn't really talk a whole lot about uh, our team's qualifying round playoff exits. And, you know, it's funny because I was talking to... I've got a friend that I play baseball with. He's a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And uh, going into that qualifying round against the Canadians, he just could not get a good feeling about that series. He just, for whatever reason, he just didn't feel like the Penguins were going to win it. Uh, going into that series, were you feeling good about the Penguins' chances? Were you a little nervous due to the layoff? I mean, just kind of give me a feel for that, if, if you could. I was too confident, I can admit that. I've been eating yeah. for on that series, honestly, probably since they lost. You know, I didn't see a path to Montreal really winning unless Carey Price got hot and a couple other factors. The former happened with Carey Price getting very hot and then a couple other factors just with – you know, Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz being really bad to a lot of the other players not showing up. And then the level of play, like the effort from a lot of the players just was not there. So, I mean, I was definitely surprised. But, you know, when you when you sit back and think about it, it's a very short sample size. I think teams that are making harsh or like rather rash decisions about a four to five game sample size after a five month playoff is kind of ridiculous to me. I mean, obviously, there were changes that need to be made for the Penguins and rightfully so. Babe. I think they're a better team now than they were um, when after that series happened. But, I mean, it was still – it was still that's, that loss was a little tough to swallow. It was kind of embarrassing. But, you know, I got over it a lot quicker than I thought I would. It honestly just took a day or two. And I was like, okay, you know, five-month layoff. Hopefully they make the changes that they need to make. And, you know, so far they have. And, you know, hoping that they still may have a couple more moves up their sleeve with like a trade or uh, an upgrade to the bottom six or a right shot defenseman. Yeah, you know, as strange as it sounds, I think sometimes getting knocked out early can be a little easier to swallow than, say, getting knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, because you're so close at that point. But with the case of the Rangers and the Penguins, I mean, they were both, the Rangers were 19 wins away from the Stanley Cup, the Penguins were 18 wins away. So it's like, eh, 
whatever. We didn't really get that close. It is what it is. And with the Rangers, you know, it, it's crazy because they're the 11 seed going into the playoffs. They're playing the six seed Canes. But hey, the Rangers were 4-0 against the Canes in the regular season. We've got this team's number. I'm all excited. So I think you and me were kind of in the same boat, feeling very good, feeling very confident. And then it was just kind of a gut punch uh, when when our teams were eliminated. But I will say uh, the Rangers ended up with a, a heck of a consolation prize uh, due to the draft lottery there. Yeah, I was hoping that the Penguins were going to get him just to see how Twitter would react because that would be, you know. <laughs> oh, I would have been the, leading the charge, man. Believe that. Yeah, all, all the conspiracy theories would be coming out. So I, I wish, I, I just wish that would happen just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. And then getting Alexi Lafreniere, not so bad either, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another good player on an ELC with a closing window. You take that any day, day of the week. Absolutely. Well, you know, I figure, Hunter, we can end right around there, but uh, this has been a ton of fun, as it always is. And, uh, you know, we'll look forward to doing this again sometime before uh, the start of next season. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whenever yeah, you want to do it, just let me know. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, Ranger fans, Penguin fans, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.